what is really rewarding is trying to get people to eat more vegetables and trying to get people into the industry because wholeheartedly I believe that both of those things is a really true and honourable and the right way forward for the world. This is The Producers. I'm Danny Vallant. Third-generation farmer Catherine Valicia is the Managing Director of Valicia Farms based in Werribee South on the outskirts of Melbourne. She's also the founder of Veg Education, a training organisation that promotes the diverse opportunities in farm work, as well as extolling the virtues of veg to the broader community. The way she sees it, horticulture is nourishing in every way a great business that's good for the people who work in it and those who consume it, and full of opportunity. In fact, according to Catherine, vegetables are going to save the planet. My name is Catherine Valicia. I'm Managing Director of Valicia Farms at Werribee South and Veg Education, which is a um, an RTO that's designed for uh, horticulture and for the broader community to learn about horticulture. So my grandfather and his two brothers came from Albania in the 1930s. Um, they started dairy farming down in Werribee South. Uh, the war happened, World War II started, so that area turned to um, production horticulture. Uh, they also changed to production horticulture to feed the Pakapunyal Army base down the road um, about two hours. So then that's how Werribee South turned into that area. Um, they all lived together in a big hospital with my grandmother and aunties. Um, they all had the kids together. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, they, they farmed. The boys took over the farm, one of them being my dad. Uh, he started in then creating more of a wholesale business. Um, all the cousins worked together as a family, but as they got older, they kind of all went into separate Valicia families. We didn't grow up on the farm. Our family didn't grow up in the farm. So we were we lived in uh, Tarnit, uh, which was uh, probably about 15 minutes from um, Werribee South. But my dad, he was mainly in the wholesale markets, to be honest. So some of the boys, the cousins stayed on the farm and grew a bit more. Um, but I do remember many a weekends going to the shed. My mum worked in the pack shed with all the aunties and they used to pack broccoli um, into the styrene boxes to send um, send away. And I remember sitting on many boxes of uh, bins of ice, getting the stem of broccoli broken off, um, fed to us like our own little chocolate bars um, and sitting on the forklift. All of those things are not allowed today because of OHS, but all of those fun things that we used to get to do um, But and also going into the market with Dad. So that was at the Footscray Wholesale Markets, which a lot of people probably drive past now work, which is very vacant. But um, I remember the thrill of getting woken up at about 3 a.m. on school holidays and getting taken in there, getting fed milkshakes and chocolate bars and then falling asleep on the onions till we all got to go home. So... Yeah, they're the, they're the memories of growing up in the industry. Oh, and they used to get a lot of money too. Back in the early late 80s, early 90s, used to walk around the market and everyone give you $5. I remember that was very prominent in my mind when that stopped. So it was not a foregone conclusion at all about going as a family business. I, um, I finished high school and I went to university and I wasn't really putting in much there. I was a bit, bit lost, I guess. So dad being a European dad said, if you're not going to do something, you have to work because that's what you've got to do. So I started working down at the packing facility in Werribee South when I was 19. Uh, so I've done kind of all the jobs. Um, yeah, so I worked on the pack line just just as a worker. I've worked in the farm just as a worker. I started, I became a leader and then, you know, kind of ran the business, not really through aptitude, just through um 
probably being the daughter. And I, di- I didn't like it really at all. I, I didn't like it for a long time. I, I went and did a youth work degree when I was uh, about 28, 29, because I thought I'd had enough of this and I just need to go get another job working under dad. Oh, before that, I also worked in the wholesale market. So dad had a business partner and he split with him when I was 25. So I had to go into the wholesale market and work nights for five years. So that was very hard. Um, and that really probably was the the tipping point of where I was like, I can't do this anymore. So I went off, did a, yeah, a youth work degree. And then dad was starting to talk about retirement. And I think kind of with those two things occurring at once, the confidence of just getting a degree and having a choice then to not have to work in the business um, and then him kind of saying that he wanted to get out um, gave me the aptitude to kind of say, well, I'll take over and I'll buy you out and then from there, for the rest is history, I guess. <laughs> Felicia Farms is based in Werribee South but there's more to it than that. Where does the family farm? What do they grow? And what's so special about Werribee South, less than an hour from the centre of Melbourne? We, we grow quite a bit of stock, but we also have a team of people who grow for us. So we have multiple different farms. Um, our main farms are in Werribee South, Caldermead and Tatura, but we also have a grower base that's national. Uh, we turn over about $30 million worth of stock a year. Um, and our main lines are broccoli, collies, celery, zucchini, um, cauliflower, did I say that? An iceberg lettuce, though that's been a bit, bit of a hard goer. Um, so yeah, we just do that. We, we do that to the major um, supermarkets and also into the the, the ma- markets around Australia, um, which obviously then goes into fruit stores and things like that. So that's that's our farming part of the business, and we have a packing facility down at Werribee South, and that employs about thirty people. So and we've had a long crew there. So it's it's just really good. We've all evolved. It keeps evolving. Um, yeah, it's ex- and it's an exciting space to play in. It really is. Werribee South is is still probably regarded, and I'm sure there'll be other people that say not, but regarded as one of the best growing areas in Australia, and that's really because of where it is. So Victoria itself doesn't generally get really any sort of really extreme weather um you know, episodes like kind of like Queensland and things like that and New South Wales. So we don't really get that much. So that makes it a little bit calmer down there. Um, Also being close to the beach keeps it quite temperate. So we're not getting frost in winter and we're also not getting real, real hot um, in in summer. Um, And the ground has been intensively farmed for 100 years. And, you know, this was before kind of the ideas of sustainable farming and not to not to say that you know my grandfather and all of all of his peers didn't have an innate ability to look after the land etc but you know resting ground and mixing crops and things like that weren't necessarily particularly through kind of that period between the 70s and the 80s where you know everyone was trying to make the most of their money so they just kept planting 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 and it's still phenomenal about a the quality of produce that comes out of Werribee South but still the amount we can produce so the soils there are really red clay soils that you'll you'll see if you drive around and it being close to the beach is really probably what makes it such a unique place in Australia to grow and being so close to all the central markets to all the facilities to transport to roads so you know it is a really unique area there's been a, a real consideration around the inputs and 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 not only from you know water we now use we use about 70% recycled water down at Werribee South so that's fantastic and that has improved dramatically i remember when we first started using recycled water um the lettuces were rotting within, you know, a few days on the shelf. The broccoli were different colours because the saline was just far too high. So they've really got a great kind of, 
they've really worked out a great point there with that. Um, ground is rested a lot, but what makes Werribee South still a hard place to grow, uh, and this is kind of where the tension is between is it really a viable place to grow? Um, because we're, the blocks are small and, and each person has different blocks. So if you do have usually like any sort of amount of land, it's not together. So you're, you're moving, you know, tractors and fertilising machines and things around. So it's not the most efficient place to grow. And also the land, the value of the land, it would make no sense now to buy it to grow on it because compared to actual farming land, it's probably 100 times more expensive, literally. So they're the kind of tensions that are going on um, in Werribee South. But the way we've improved our farming is obviously we try to rest the ground more. Different varieties are evolving all the time too. So, you know, seeds are being developed that, you know, need less inputs, need less, you know, are more resilient to heat and more resilient to, to drought, you know, things like that. So all of that combined just makes it for a more efficient growing. And, and there's just more conversation around all of that. You know, we're doing something now with Vic Uni about turning our scraps into packaging. So they've been doing trials with celery um, to make like different trays and different packaging. So stuff like that is really, I guess, once you, what, whatever you focus on grows and that area is being focused on quite, you know, strongly now. So that space is really evolving quickly. As a third-generation farmer who wasn't always set on working in the family business, Catherine brought fresh eyes to the Valicia operations. What has she changed and what's she most proud of? The 80s and the 90s were very profitable for for vegetable businesses and um, there was a lot of good luck involved in that and not just good management. But as things obviously matured in our industry and the customers matured, things became quite tight on the on the baseline so way things ran just didn't work the same um so i guess i being you know being able to just quickly fix some key things areas from an efficiency point of view i was able to do but i guess really what i've probably done most is um you know the things that i'm kind of being proudest of is i've brought like people along with me so i've been working with some of these who are our leadership team now um a really multicultural leadership team we've got now. They, you know, I started working with them when I was 19, 20. They started as forklift, forklift drivers as well. Now they're some of our finance managers and our team leaders and things like that. So I guess that trust and being able to build and grow and educate each other together and, you know, I brought in some different um, education stuff for our um, non-English speaking workers and things like that. So I think what I've been able to do is create a really good um, cohesive group but also with a lot of opportunity and I guess, you know, they've seen my, um, I guess, my kind of turning and evolution from someone who was a despondent worker into someone who's, you know, um, embracing kind of opportunities and I guess that they've also done the same with me. So, yeah, we've, we've got a really good, great core team and then obviously the education bit is the last kind of chapter, which is probably the thing I'm most excited about now. It's like the new baby that we put all the attention on. Poor Valicia Farms is like the the oldest child that gets a bit <laughs> left out sometimes. But um, yeah, so that's that's the new thing. And that's what I think is a really exciting piece for the whole industry and not just Valicia Farms. Veg Education is a registered training organisation that works towards the further professionalisation of horticulture. It's become much more than that though educating, campaigning, and being a go-to voice of modern farming. So Veg Education started um, 
before COVID. Uh, Neil, uh, business partner in that, he's an employment and safety lawyer. And we started thinking about how there was a real need for some real solution-based safety um, training for our industry. Um, so then COVID hit and then we thought, oh, why don't we become an RTO? Because that sounds easy. So we went through that process and that was a long, tedious process. And it was really mainly, again, around doing some training for our industry and just creating real kind of leadership courses that we thought really were needed for that middle band of leaders and also safety training. But then what evolved in was the schools and the and the diet conversation. So now we run school programs out, out at Werribee South. So we've had about 4,000 primary school students which have come in and we directly speak about the supply chain and all the opportunities in our industry plus all of the products and the vegetables and different specifications and why things are the way they are, sustainability. Uh, we're doing a high school program now called Food Futures in high schools, which is linking food tech um, units to the whole supply chain and horticulture. And we've got some and we've got agriculture cert two, which we're kind of trying to bring people who want to kind of come from other industries to give them a broad understanding so they can slot into horticulture businesses. So it's really about trying to show the world, um, the opportunities that really are in horticulture and give a different conversation to the conversations that we're usually hearing in the media, I guess, sometimes from peak bodies or from from the media itself or because of different incidences. So I think there's a lot of negativity when it comes to farming and horticulture. The stories are usually those ones that get up. Um, we're just trying to, I guess, give the other side, which is a really vibrant, positive uh, conversation around what our businesses are and the opportunities in our industry. The poor farmer kind of conversation is usually, you know, we're talking about when prices are down or up or, you know, it's just the wheat. The, who, who the faces are that are usually the people talking about farming, it's generally maybe, you know, a white man out in the outback. And I don't think that's truly representative of particularly horticulture. You know, we've got a really multicultural workforce. We've got such variety in our jobs. You know, we've got sales managers, finance managers, operations managers, like really developed intricate jobs, um, QA, QC, all of those things, product creations. So it's just about talking about those things and not just when there's a drought or a flood or a fire or a lettuce price at $12, even though we're quite grateful for that conversation because at least we've been able to talk about vegetables a lot, but other than that. So, yeah, it's just about all focusing on the opportunities and letting people know what opportunities there are in horticulture. Like we're the most resilient industry and really – Growing vegetables, I think, is going to be the way we save the planet. So we need to create, also attract new and great talent to help us evolve and improve all of the things we're doing in farming. There's veg and then there's veg. Which vegetable does Catherine see as a superhero? Our cauliflowers. I think the revitalisation of cauliflowers is is one of the most exciting things that have ever happened. I think, I've never seen so much excitement about like collies. I did. They used to be like the daggy old vegetable. Now, you know, exponentially. I think you know our sales increase about twenty percent every year, and that's just through natural sales. That's through people using it for different things. Now, you know, you've got rices, you've got mashes. They use it, you know, fry it for popcorn cauliflower like the revitalization of cauliflower is 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 a very exciting thing
I like roasting at whole. I think that's a real winner. And, you know, you compare that to meat and stuff like that. Like we always say, you know, a collie, if you roast it with the leaves on, which are the best bits, you know, you're about 1.2 kilos of, of food there. You roast that, you know, even at a real expensive market, a collie usually costs about $6, you know, but generally it's probably about $3.50, $4. You compare that to like 1.2 kilos of lamb, that's probably $30, $35. It's a very cheap swap for a very, you know, very, very good meal. As someone who grew up in farm sheds and produce markets, Catherine Felicia has seen many changes. What are the biggest innovations and opportunities in horticulture? Our businesses and our leaders have really matured too. You know, we're, we're, quite, a, we're quite modern businesses, um, particularly in horticulture. You know, our supply chains are very strong. Being serving supermarkets and international markets, things like food safety, um, quality control, all of, you know, there's now different ethical standards that we have to meet, like Fair Farms is a ethical training standard, SEDEX is, that, that really, that, if you're if you're a big bigger player or you want to be a professionalized player, a sophisticated player in this industry, you have to be covering all of those things off. So there's there's so much improvement. Uh, obviously, there's improvement to continue, but you know there's just so much opportunity. And I think the other on the flip side, we get we the people don't understand the kind of wages and opportunities that people that that from different backgrounds are given in horticulture because you know we still do have that kind of entrepreneur start start up kind of mentality if you work hard you can go places and that really is you know that's kind of how our family started that's how most of us still are you know we we were given a start not with a lot of skill set but because you know we've worked hard and we've be kind of had that entrepreneurial mindset so that that is still really rewarded in our industry so that gives a lot of different people a lot of opportunities from all different head starts and different bases Catherine sees veg as a force for good in so many ways. What is it she loves about what she does? I love I love the diversity of it, but what I'm really enjoying now is kind of using veg to really explain what I believe is truly our industry and all the opportunities and vibrancy that is in it. So, you know, that's, I guess, spruiking that message has really... You know, I've seen the opportunities it's given my family and myself and now my peers that work with me, my colleagues, and I just hope that more people start looking at it differently and, and realising that you can still be, you know, do accounting at school or marketing at school or all of those, you know, more trendy formal things, but there's a place for you in horticulture because we use all of those really high-skill talents that, that aren't formally thought of when you're thinking of careers. It's very hard work selling vegetables because, you know, as we've talked about, there's the, sometimes the value proposition isn't there for customers and that's what we're trying to change with this, I guess, the conversation all the time. But what is really rewarding is is trying to, trying to get people to eat more vegetables and trying to get people into the industry because wholeheartedly I believe that both of those things is a really true and honourable and the right way forward for the world. So, so being able to say something with such conviction and being able to sleep at night, is it's, it's a nice feeling. My one thing I, I do want to get across about vegetables is my one thing that we always say at Valicia Farms is if you cook your veg like meat, then all your problems will be solved. So I think the problem in the past is we haven't thought about it like that. We've cooked veg in such different ways to meat. And if we cooked meat like we have cooked vegetables in the past, I don't think anyone would like meat. So just use your oil, your heat, your salt, and get that real nice caramel and char and you can make any vegetable taste as good as any steak out there.
The image of the sun-bleached farmer chewing on a straw is about as far from the picture of modern farming painted by Catherine Felicia as could be. A leader and innovator, a thinker and a trainer, Catherine is an inspiring example of modern farming. Commercial, customer-focused, nimble, and so passionate that she really does think vegetables will save the planet. This is The Producers, a Deep in the Weeds production. I'm Danny Vallant. Stay tuned as we talk to some of Australia's best farmers, makers and growers. Follow us on Instagram at Producers Podcast or contact us via deepintheweeds.com.au.